Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, they examine the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and other Bible passages to show how God uses His Holy Word in the events and trials of life to prepare hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, with power and Hello everyone, my name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and the series The Temple of the Mind, and it's actually program number seven already, uh, Blessed Are the Pure at Heart and the Peacemakers, and so I guess we're not going to call it our new series anymore because we are in program number seven, and you know, I was listening to the song that, the opening song, now you've, you've probably noticed that we've changed our opener to uh, a song that uh, that uh, I did with a couple of friends of mine, and it's just a, uh, our own rendition of the Lord's Prayer. But, you know, it, it, it ended up with power and, and glory. That's and, interesting, what, because I was going to say the exact same you, thing. Really? So what does power and glory and forever where, mean? Yeah, and where does, where does God's power come from? Because we, you know, in our mind, we see... God running in, riding in on this white horse with a flaming sword, and that's his power. But his power is kneeling down and washing a dozen dirty pair of feet. Well, and not only that, I think his power too was exhibited at the um, during creation week. During creation week, right? Because that power showed how he created and how he had everything working in unison and uh, mm-hmm. collaboration. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was no um there was no uh conflict. Everything was in harmony. Yeah, yes, in harmony. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and so and then you have the power and the glory and of course when when Moses said show me your glory and he, and God passed by him um what went by was all these beautiful character traits. Lord God merciful, forgiving, uh forgiving iniquity and all these Beautiful character traits that went that passed by Moses, and we are to reflect that glory, and that's why we have decided to do this series, the Temple of the Mind, um, because let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, and there are certain character traits that God's people will emulate, and they go totally against human nature. Right. And so as we go through these Beatitudes, we're going to see how contrary they were to human nature, but how they build character, Mm -hmm. and they build a spiritual house. And if you will, uh, we are living stones, if Mm -hmm. you will, in God's temple. Susan, would you begin with a word of prayer, please, before we get going? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that you have given us an opportunity to 
have a radio program to just talk about your characteristics and and um, how you work in individual lives in order to prepare us to be one of those polished stones to be fitted for the kingdom and um, to have our minds cleansed and prepared for you to to come in and to sup with us and to be with us and to to help us, Lord. I think the biggest thing is we're grateful for all of your help and your your love and your mercy. And please be with us and everyone listening uh, in this program. May we draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So you said something in your prayer, polished stones. What yeah. happened? I'm so glad you did, because oh. what has to happen to a stone in order to polish it? Well, it, I think there needs to be, depending upon what it is, isn't there a lot of pressure, like yeah. a coal to a diamond? Well, that's how the, it's formed, but then to polish it, it has to be put to a grinding wheel and pressed, and then pressed to a a, 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 a finer grit and a finer grit until it finally... Well, and isn't it interesting because, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but your grandfather, didn't he have a, a stone polishing yeah, machine? Yeah, he had a, what they call a lapidary uh, setup. But he uh, one stone isn't there by itself, is it? Well, when he made one out of a, a washing uh, machine tub where he put all of his stones in there and together they polished one another. And uh, and so he had made, like I say, he made it out of one of the old washing machines and he'd put all the rocks in there and then They'd come out shinier and shinier. It was and, pretty and, amazing. And so that's kind of an analogy as to how God, you know, we're in this world and we're touching against other living stones. You mm-hmm. know, people and, yeah. and characters are getting polished and yeah, or hardened and yeah. And it's it's interesting because in in, in my what I do for a living as well, we we pour concrete at Roblin Contracting and. We also polish floors, mm-hmm. polish concrete floors. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we start out with a, 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 which for lack of a better term, a rougher diamond, a 30 grit, and we grind off the top of the concrete and expose the rock. And then you go to a 100 grit, then 120, then 200, then 400, and then 800. And then you polish, you get to, to what it calls it pops. It's a point of polish. And when when the grit is fine enough and the RPM of the machine is at the right RPM, the 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 aggregate will pop. It will just all of a sudden go from a dull sheen to a sparkle, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the polished floors, and they're very very pretty. But that's how they're done when the aggregate is exposed. So it's very similar. So the stone gets worked on, and it gets worked on, and it gets worked on. And this is why this series, the Temple of the Mind. Um, is so important nowadays, right now, as as you know, we can see the devil just attacking people and attacking people and attacking people. It's the character that that stands strong and stands up for the principles of God's kingdom that's important right now. And and I think too, it's not only um, Satan that's going around and attacking. I think that sometimes, as human beings, we have this innate. Um, flaw of causing fear and um, uncertainty in our lives, and that can kind of spill out to other people's lives. And so um, the one thing to remember as, you know, each day goes by, we're getting closer and closer to the Lord's return. And as we get to those times, it's going to be tougher and tougher. 
you know, mm-hmm. for us as mm-hmm. individuals, for um, God's people as a whole, and just the whole world conditions are going to be um, you get causing, more and more difficult. Yes, they're going to cause, and they're going to cause fear. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, this. Uh, series, The Temple of the Mind, ties right in with our theme of addiction and addiction recovery because, you know, addictions are basically divided into two groups, substance and behavioral, and that those substance and behavioral addictions are how we act out when the temple of the mind is not clean. Right. And so that's what Jesus comes in, and he wants to clean that, to get rid of the guilt, uh, get rid of the shame, get rid of the fear so we don't act out in our addictions. So I guess what you're saying is that everybody has an addiction. It's sometimes we just don't like to say, "Oh, I have an addiction." Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's not the right word. Maybe you know, right? But but it really is, right? It really so is. So we're all we're all vessels that commit sin. Exactly, and that's all sin is: is the exploitation of someone else for selfish reasons. Right. That's all it is. Right. It's acting out protecting oneself at others expense mm-hmm. or 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 betraying someone else mm-hmm. or killing them in our mind mm-hmm. or all of these things are are ways we act out to try to protect ourselves because we're infected with fear and selfishness. Right. Yeah. Um so God's temple is made of living stones and we are those living stones and so right now we are in that process of of God making us well, if you will. Right. So what? So we talk about character. So what's so important about character? Well, because we are the dwelling place of God, and God doesn't force his, his way into places he's not welcome. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know you not that you are God's temple and that God's temple, God's spirit dwells in you. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. So... What are the characteristics? So we're going through the Beatitudes. So why is why is all this stuff so contrary to um, our human nature? And that's Do you a, know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a really good question because, see, we run on fear. Human nature does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're fear of being caught, fear of being exposed, fear of not measuring up, fear of what others might say, but we don't really notice it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed someone that might come around you and you know, you know they're going to bleed all over you? Right. You know? Yes. Uh, they, they, just when you see them coming. Yes. It's a person, they, whatever's happening with them, it serves a sick purpose to them to bleed over somebody else. Right. We all do it to some degree. Jesus wants to cleanse us of that, rid us of that fear, if you will, and, and cleanse that, that mind temple so that we, we can live, you know, free. Mm-hmm. So sometimes um, people like that can, because if you're living where you're not afraid of anything, you're going to be in a place of almost like a, um, um, you have, you don't want any retaliation. You accept people for who they are. You, you allow things to happen and you don't want to take revenge on people. So you become a person that's kind of like not allowing consequent or circumstances to dictate your life and your mood and everything. So sometimes people can look at that and they can say, wow, that person's really weak because they're not, you know, they're, they don't, what do you mean you don't want revenge? That person took this from you. Don't you want to, you know, get it back? You deserve to, to stand up for yourself. Yeah. And so, you know, blessed are the pure in heart. 
There's a difference between being weak and being meek. Moses took care of business, Mm -hmm. but he didn't let business take care of him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's okay to have emotions. It's not okay for your emotions to have you. Let's talk just a little bit about wanting our own way when we are selfish, because we are we are little gods, little G, little gods. Right. We control our little environment by right. our choices. We make our little environment for the most part. Right. We choose who we hang around, all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about my way versus the right way. Right. And let's talk about the three enemies that we have in our mind, which is anger, fear, and resentment. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anger, fear, and resentment. That that little five-year-old boy. Yeah, that little guy inside my head, he gets angry, he holds resentments, and he's afraid all the time, right? right? Now, if I, if I let that little guy rule the day, I'm going to have resentments because resentments are for when I, didn't, when I didn't get my way in the past. Right. Anger is when I'm not getting my way right now. Right. And fear is that I may not get my way in the future. So the problem is not resentment, anger, and fear. It's letting that little five-year-old boy in my mind want his way. He's put. You're letting him sit on the seat of your throne of your heart. Yeah, and that's trouble. Letting him in the control room to make all decisions and reactions based on how he's feeling as opposed to um, having that mind of Christ. When you were doing that with your hands, I saw a little five-year-old on an excavator just doing all <laughs> kinds of damage because that's right. what happens. Right. That's literally what happens is, we, is when we let that little guy rule, that young, the, the five-year-old in our mind, because the five-year-old is the oldest, probably the oldest person in your brain. Right. No seen everything you've done, can bring it up anytime he wants, but he can do a lot of damage. So self-control is the last of the fruits of the Spirit. And so as we see Jesus go through these Beatitudes, we see a progression. We see those that have felt their need for Christ. Those are the poor in spirit, Mm -hmm. step one. Then we have see those who have mourned because of sin, and when they feel their need, then they see their own sin and they become sick of sin, if, if you will, and then they basically, like, I would want to say this is at the point of conversion where, you know, I don't know what happened to you, it happened to me, my life was a speedboat going through a 20, a five mile an hour zone, right? Right. And I didn't know it mm-hmm. until I had that moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. And see, these Beatitudes are bringing people through a moment of clarity, teaching them it's not about the Romans, Right. It's about you. Right, because if you go back in time and if you can picture what was going on in that time, people were looking for revenge. They were looking for freedom, money, uh, security, um, revenge, all those things that in this human life, it seems like we could almost be searching for those things right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's like a, a, a human condition, and, and Jesus comes and he says, no, it's all wrong, or yeah. no, it's this way. And mm-hmm. um, it kind of, I think, puts people, you know, made them step back and say, what is he really talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because what's the difference of being a peacemaker or being a pushover? Okay, see, being a pushover doesn't bring peace, because sometimes the truth or whatever is right gets sacrificed by a pushover. When that happens over and over, damage is done, both to the one doing the pushing and the one being pushed. 
So being a pushover is not being a peace a peacemaker. Right. But blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, shall, shall see God. That's Matthew 5, 8. And the Jews were so exacting in regard to ceremonial purity that their regulations were extremely oppressive. Their minds were more occupied with rules and restrictions and the fear of outward defilement so that they didn't even recognize the effect that their selfishness and hatred had on their soul and on other people. Yeah, that you know, that's the danger of sin. The wages of sin is death. Um, and Jesus never mentions ceremonial purity as one of the conditions of entering the kingdom. He points out the need for purity of heart. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, James 3.17. In the city of God, there will be none that enters that defiles. All who will be dwellers there will have become pure in heart, the temple of the mind. But you know what? It's interesting because I think all of us can look at the Bible, and and at one time or another, we're, we're um, entering into the role of a Pharisee. We're entering into the role of a Sadducee. I know that I did. You know, I had, it was like my pendulum was so far out when I was a drug addict and, and on the streets and in jail and everything else. And then when I gave my heart to God and continued on, my pendulum swung so far that it was almost more damaging to other people than my drug abuse was, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but by my saying, well, I've learned this news and now if you're not like me, yeah. then you don't have the truth. And so it's interesting how, man, Satan can just really, and our and our human nature can really get us to go in crazy one, places. One ditch or another, yeah. but eat, every time we set ourselves up as the standard. Right. And that's, once again, my way. Right. I'm, my, I'm God, and yeah. so if you don't, do yeah. it the way I do it, then you're not you're not part of it. Yeah. And I know that, you know, in my own experience, there was a lot of damage done to family members and, um, mm-hmm. you know, to people that that weren't inside the religious clique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why what's really cool about Jesus is that Jesus came to talk to the unclicked. Yeah, right? he, he came to unclick the click. Yeah, it, he, and, he, and, and it was the unclicked that he hung out with. Oh yeah, can, right? can you imagine being there when he's talking to the woman from Samaria, Samaria at the well? Right, and the disciples come rolling in, and well, they, didn't they just say before, well, Lord, should we call fire down from heaven? Well, to that's take care before of these? they went through Samaria. Yeah, but then yeah. they took off to get some food, and yeah. they come back, and he's talking to this woman, right, and a woman Je- of all things. And Jesus is saying, "I'm unclicking right here." Right. Yeah, there are no clicks with Jesus. Right. He came to break down all the barriers. So you know what? I think the most beautiful thing about this whole experience and about God is that we're always going to be learning. That none of us have that the ultimate truth. No matter what, we're going to get to heaven, and God is going to say, "You know what? That quite, really wasn't quite right." Yeah. And we're going to say, "Okay," but it's that's you know, it's this ever expounding on um, the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 infinite on how good He is. You know, so many facets facets of a diamond and all the different colors. Right. So, when we come to Jesus. There'll be a growing distaste for thoughtlessness, rude language, and abrasive thought. When Christ resides in our heart, there will be purity and refinement of our thought and manners. Boy, 
that's so we I got a long ways to go. You know, we're saying that we always um you know, that we're always learning, but we just got a call from somebody yes on on uh that weekend that was struggling experiencing that um that state of Romans, mm-hmm. right? Romans 7, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so sometimes we still battle those even though we may be in the Christian way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and I think, too, when Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, everybody kind of has their own idea what pure is, you know, like pure from sensual stuff, lust, but really pure in heart are are, are pure in the true hidden purposes of the motives of the soul, free from pride, free from self-seeking, humble and unselfish and childlike. That is pure in heart. It's easy to see the outward. The addict wears his addiction right on his sleeve. You right. can see that. Right. But you can't see what's going on inside of the head of someone that is super, super prideful. And so this is where Jesus is really kind of blowing them away when he's going down this progression of character perfection through the Beatitudes, and he gets to the pure in heart. And, and you know, I'm hope you know, you know he hit home with these people, but he also had them a little bit dumbfounded right you know right because there's um there's a principle about um god and it's self-sacrificing love and we need to have that in our own life that is the principle of god's character and you can't know god unless um you're on that same level seeking out for him because above all things the heart is is very wicked and it's deceived by Satan, and it looks to God as being tyrannical, unyielding, selfish, and just um, Satan actually takes those character traits and puts them towards God. Yeah, thou thoughtest, he says, that I was altogether such as one as thyself. Psalm fifty twenty one. We like to take our bad character traits and attributes and apply them to God. And when Jesus goes through the Beatitudes, and when Paul is saying, "Know you not, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit," and when he says, "Let this mind be you," and that was also in Christ Jesus. This is a total flip of us trying to make God like us. God is trying to make us like Him, right? Which is totally contrary to our nature. It's totally. Um, and it doesn't look good right off the get-go. The cross didn't—Jesus looked like the most unpopular person of the day hanging on the cross. Right. But to heaven, it was gorgeous. Right. To heaven, it was saying, look how much God gives. He gave his life for these people. It was an example of his ultimate glory. His ultimate glory was, this is how much I love you. Look at me. Look at what I'll do. I'll forgive you while you nail me to a cross. Mm-hmm. I will wash the feet of my betrayer. I won't talk back to anyone when they accuse me. And on and on. And this is God's glory. God is saying, um, I want to... He's, Jesus is the bouquet that God is holding out to humanity. God's not angry with us. We're angry with him. Right. Right. We, he doesn't need— Right. We're angry with God instead of being angry with the sin that's in our lives. Exactly. Right. We're afraid of God instead of afraid of sin. Right. We're angry with God instead of angry with sin. Right. We're angry at our neighbors instead of loving our neighbors. Right. Every We've got everything backwards. Right. Turned upside and, down. And so God is—he's propitiating our wrath. We're not propitiating his wrath— 
with the blood of his son, he's propitiating our wrath. Right. We're the ones that he's angry. He's saying, if you look at Jesus, this is what I gave. Exactly. This is what I gave. Right. I gave it all. You can't give any more than a piece of myself right. for, a, for a race of people that did not love him. Don't you think that the devil didn't have his way with Jesus in the garden there telling him all that? Mm-hmm. Look at, you know. You died for you're, you're going to die for these people. They're going to nail you to a cross. Mm-hmm. They don't care, right? You know, and so yeah, thankful, and, we're thankful that Jesus is who He is. Oh, yeah, and the more and you look, human. yeah, <laughs> and more you look at it in that light on what God was willing to go through for us people that didn't don't you know didn't care. Well, we got to wrap it up, folks. Got to go. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to the Temple of the Mind on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.